This is a production of Cornell University. Hello and welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information, brought to you by Cornell University's Turfgrass Program in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association. My name is Frank Rossi. I'm the Associate Professor of Turfgrass Science in the Department of Horticulture here at Cornell University, and the following are observations and recommendations for the week of October 10th, 2010. Well, there's still lots to do with seeding, leaf mulching, and weed management. The cool, wet weather may lead many to think the season is over, yet the smart turf managers are actively controlling weeds, preparing for mulching leaves, and considering seeding and sodding to address worn turf needs. With the increased moisture, many sports turf areas are showing some wear and therefore would benefit from continued repetitive overseeding. Also, as the evapotranspiration levels decline, the ability of plants to absorb applied nitrogen fertilizer declines as well. Consider making your last nitrogen fertilizer application in the next two weeks as part of your leaf management efforts. The weather report from last week, the temperatures were a variable week temperature-wise that turned out to be close to normal only due to the range. Along the western edge of the region, we were 5 degrees below normal, and along the eastern, about 5 degrees above. Growing degree days were about 25 to 50, still being accumulated over the week. The 3,000 growing degree day mark has moved about 150 miles north of usual into the Hudson Valley and the 4,000 line into central New Jersey. Precipitation along the coast uh, had the most, received 4 inches or more of rainfall this past week, greater than 4 inches in a swath from D.C. to Vermont. Most of the western part of the region was dry, (laughs) quote-unquote dry, with only about 1 to 2 inches for the week. Evapotranspiration was very low at a quarter inch for the week. Soil temperatures to the two inch depth in the 50s to the north and the low 60s to the south. And the forecast for this coming week, a slight reprieve from the rainfall over the weekend will give way to some strong storms in the Monday-Tuesday period. Temps will return to normal during the week with some frost advisories for midweek in upstate New York. As the week progresses, expect a cool and wet pattern to begin to set up with a trough over the east. Temps expected to be below normal and rainfall above normal. Check out the weather information and predictive maps at our forecast website at www.nrcc.cornell.edu backslash grass. The Cornell Cooperative Extension Update begins with Walt Nelson's Finger Lakes report. report. The rainfall last week helped most turf get green and clear from insect damage. However, fields there remained in use during the wet period have been damaged. Continue overseeding traffic areas, and if rutted, consider light rolling to smooth the surface. The Capital District Report from Dave Chinnery. Continued interest in the ramifications of the Child Safe Playing Field Act among school district officials and grounds managers. Many are asking on behalf of their outsourced service providers who will be made to comply with this act. The Westchester Report from Jared Giordano and Rick Harper. A few inches of rain in the Westchester area have spurred lush weed growth. Dandelions are lush enough for salad bowl status, and summer winter annuals like hairy bittercress are evident in the seedling stage in thinned areas of turf. One complaint from turf professionals is that oxalis and creeping weeds like ground ivy are rampant in poorly weeded flower beds and are spreading seed and runners into adjacent turf. Those wishing to reduce, reduce turf herbicide use should keep beds free of weeds. Skunks and raccoons are finding worms as often as grubs in local turf. It needs to be understood that using quick-acting grub control should not be automatic regarding varmint damage. Gray leaf spot was reported locally. The Eastern Long Island report from Tom Kowalsik. Lawns that have 
Not greened up by now with the rainfall are likely dead. A number of grub inquiries as well as mold damage. Many have been inquiring about chinch bug damage that has recently become a more prevalent problem in many lawns, once thought to be solved by endophytic grasses. The sports turf update from Joanne Grudadorio, our sports turf specialist. The question is seed or sod now? Seeding, even with the mild weather recently, is getting late to see Kentucky bluegrass because it's slow to germinate and establish. So if you're looking for turf cover, now you will have to go with perennial ryegrass. Although it is quick to germinate, it does need time to establish before the colder weather sets in and frost is likely. Some tips for seeding now is to seed at the higher rate at 6 pounds per thousand square feet. Consider consider slit seeding to maximize soil seed contact fertilized with adequate nitrogen. New studies indicate phosphorus is less critical than once thought. Make sure that you water enough to ensure seed germination and seedling establishment, but do not overwater. Although the best time to seed is in early September, a Purdue study found that the establishment rate for perennial ryegrass that was seeded in October and evaluated the following August was 90%. Sodding, if you want a Kentucky bluegrass field ready for use next spring or, or need turf cover now for barriers, your best option may be to sod. Start with good soil preparation practices. Till up to four to six inches, rake and level the gold mouth area. Be sure the area is prepared before the sod arrives. Select good quality thin cut sod that was grown in soil similar to the existing sod. Lightly moisten the soil if the soil is dry at the time of sodding. The sod should be placed in a brick-like pattern, staggered so the edges do not line up. Minimize the number of edges that are exposed to that could lead to desiccation. A light rolling could be helpful at this time to eliminate any air pockets. Watering is key now and important to promote rooting. Be sure the watering has gone deeper than just the surface and has thoroughly wetted the underlying soil. Keep the soil moist and periodically check on sod to see how it is rooting. Avoid traffic until the sod is rooted, which could take about a week or so. To avoid layering problems once the turf is rooted, core cultivate and remove the cores. Mowing can begin once the area is firm enough to handle traffic. A light application of nitrogen, about a half a pound per thousand square feet, may be beneficial three to four weeks after the sod has been laid. If we have winter with extended periods of cold temperatures and dry wind, there is a risk of desiccation, so watering may be necessary. The diagnostic update from Rich Buckley, the Director of Diagnostic Services at Rutgers University. Gray leaf spot. A couple of samples have come in with gray leaf spot in the last few weeks. Keep in mind, this disease can remain active well into October, and in this case has been found on some tall fescue varieties entered in a regional variety trial. Whitea patch, brown ring patch. A few samples have come into the lab recently with brown ring patch as the weather is shifting from warm and wet to cool and wet. This seems to be an increasing issue in many fine turf areas and is not easily controlled with traditional brown patch rhizoctonia materials. Research from Frank Wong, professor at the University of California, Riverside, with disease indicates that additional nitrogen fertilizer is beneficial on brown ring patch infested sites. He also suggested polyoxin D or endorse as a quick acting fungicide suppressant and that he got the best long-term control with the newer DMI fungicides, triticonazole and metaconazole. A tank mix of polyoxin D with one of these new DMIs might be the way to go, plus some nitrogen, and it's starting to sound like an anthracnose program. Lastly, and maybe most interestingly, is that Dr. Wong's work with the fungal genome points toward a fungus that is less closely related to our tried-and-true rhizoctonias and more closely related to wood-rotting fungi. I might speculate that this could be why brown ring pads tend to degrade the thatch and cause a slight greening of the turf around the rings. Like fairy rings, science still has a long way to go in explaining Whitea circinata. Endophytic grass reduction. There's growing concern among university breeders 
that the seed industry is paying less attention to preserving endophyte infection in grasses. A number of variety trials with typical endophyte-enhanced species have shown increased injury from surface-feeding insects such as billbug and chinchbug. The endophyte is sensitive to proper seed storage conditions, and the lack of proper storage of warehouse seed may be contributing to the reduction in this important trait to the end user. There's no reliable practical measure for turf managers to be sure to be to, to measure the endophyte, so be sure to stress your desire for high levels of endophyte when purchasing seed. And my gazing in the grass update starts with late season end note. As evapotranspiration levels continue to wane, the amount of able to be absorbed by turf grass plants declines as well. This is the primary factor involved in our revised recommendations to reduce the amount of nitrogen applied in the late season. Also, why we are recommending the late season end applications be made much earlier than previously thought, not simply to protect water quality as leaching is increased as nitrogen is applied later, but also to improve efficiency. With a significant amount of the nitrogen lost to leaching or not taken up, much of the applied end is not being used by the plant. And finally, mulch tree leaves reduces dandelion populations. Just a reminder that mulching tree leaves improve spring green up ratings and provided up to 80% reduction of dandelions regardless of tree genus or species in a recent study published by Michigan State University. So avoid the need for increased fuel use by blowing and removing leaves and simply mulch them into the turf. And a program update about our Cornell Turfgrass Short Courses. It is a two-part advanced short course, this, short course this year. December 13th through the 15th in Ithaca, New York, 2010, we'll focus on sports turf management without pesticides. And then the second part of the week, we'll focus on golf turf pest management from December 15th to the 17th, again, in Ithaca, New York. For more information, you can go to our Cornell Turfgrass website at www.hort.cornell.edu backslash turf. Thank you for joining me for the weekly installment of the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information. I'm Frank Rossi, the Associate Professor of Turf Science here in the Department of Horticulture at Cornell University, and I hope you have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University, on the web at cornell.edu.